What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Enlighten Me podcast. I'm your host, Mackenzie, and I'm so glad that you're tuning in today. You are currently listening to an Enlighten Me mini episode where it's just me sharing a little bit of information with you about ways to live more mindfully. So in honor of my due date approaching this month, I thought I would discuss this journey of pregnancy. This episode is for women who are pregnant now, anybody who plans to become pregnant, or just people who are curious, okay? Now for those of you who don't know me, this is my third pregnancy and my second baby, and I'm hardly an expert compared to many moms out there, but I do feel like I have a few words of wisdom that I can share. I thought about calling this episode surviving pregnancy instead of enjoying pregnancy because there are many days that I have not enjoyed, but for the most part, I've really appreciated the unique time. Now, don't get me wrong, I can't wait to have a margarita before too long, but it is a really special and unique time to be pregnant and something that I won't be able to do forever, something that our bodies deserve recognition for, and something that I know not all women are able to do, so I consider myself very fortunate. So today, I just wanted to share a few tips of things that I felt like made my pregnancies easier and overall more enjoyable. Some of these might be obvious, but others not so much. I picked out nine tips for enjoying pregnancy, one for each month of being pregnant, but I do want to give a couple disclaimers. First of all, I'm not a medical professional. These are just things that worked for me, so take them with a grain of salt. And for two, I recognize that a lot of these things like morning sickness and weight gain and stretch marks, a lot of these things that come along with pregnancy are biological and not a result of my hard work. We have very little control over things while we're pregnant, but hopefully these are a few things that can ease the labor pains for you. See what I did there? And last, I want to acknowledge that this episode might be a trigger for people who are struggling with pregnancy or fertility or loss or whatever it is, and just know that my heart is with you, and this might not be an episode for you to listen to, so I totally take no offense if you need to skip it over or pause it or save it for later. You do what's best for you. Okay, so my first tip for you is to eat well, but to eat what you can. Now, this one's pretty obvious. It's something that every doctor will tell you, but it's also something that most women still struggle with. Obviously, I want to eat healthy for my own body and for my baby, and for me, that usually means eating less processed carbs and refined sugars and trying to replace those with some healthy fats like avocados and peanut butter. But I'm also not too hard on myself, okay? The most important thing is that you eat no matter what it is. Any doctor will tell you that your baby will get the nutrients that you need no matter what you're eating. For me, I've personally had a lot more dairy than I typically care to, like cheese, but it's the only thing that sounded good for so long, and so I'm going to nourish my body how I feel like I need to. It's more important that you eat something than avoiding foods because you don't think they're healthy and then not eating anything, okay? Eating is very, very important, so do it however you need to. And don't feel guilty about it. There will be plenty of years left in your life to follow the diet that you want to follow. My second tip for you is lemon. Embrace all the lemon flavors, especially during the first trimester when nausea can occur. This is something that really helped me to fight nausea and to drink more water and stay hydrated, okay? I was pounding lemon LaCroix like they were going out of style, and when they weren't available, I was adding lots of lemon to my water just to make sure I was drinking enough and staying hydrated because hydration is really, really important in this time. Even the scent of lemon I found was really helpful, so you can get lemon essential oils to diffuse or a lemon-scented candle and chew on some lemon-flavored candies when you feel nauseous. I'm just telling you that lemon may end up being your best friend, okay? 
All right, tip number three is coconut oil. Use all the coconut oil that you can. Every day, lather it on your body, especially towards the end of the first trimester when you start growing. Coconut oil is super, super hydrating for the skin and can help prevent stretch marks. However, they cannot make stretch marks go away, so make sure you do it ahead of time before stretch marks are a problem. I rub it on my belly, on my back, on the sides of my body, and on my breasts, and have yet to have any stretch marks. And it was also really, really great for healing cracked skin postpartum. Again, rubbing it on your breasts and on your stomach as your swelling goes down. Just rub it all over. Make it part of your nightly routine, and I do not think you will regret this one. Tip number four, this is an important one, to take good vitamins. Now, we all know that taking prenatal vitamins is important, but not all vitamins are made equally. I feel like I could do a whole episode just on this topic alone, but for now, what you need to know is that before you purchase a generic brand of prenatal vitamin at the drugstore, to do a little research. Cheap vitamins are often full of cheap fillers, preservatives, and coloring agents. Gross. And that's not even to mention that it can be questionable whether or not they have the right nutrients and amounts in them. I'm going to link an article that explains this in more detail and gives you ideas for what to look out for. But in the meantime, it may be worth investing in a high-quality prenatal vitamin. I personally use Shackley multivitamins, which I really like because they're safe to use pre- and postnatal, so they work for any women as a multivitamin, but I double up on them when I am pregnant. This isn't the only brand out there. There are tons of great brands to look into, but like I said, it's just important to do your research before you pick up any old bottle of vitamins and consider potentially investing a little bit more money in this super important supplement. Tip number five is to embrace chiropractic care and massages. This is something that obviously might not be an option for everybody considering insurance and cost, but if it works for you, I think it's worth the time and financial investment. Chiropractic care can help with a lot of common problems, whether or not you're pregnant, like back pain, headaches, and immune support. And these are all things that are really magnified during pregnancy. Personally, I go every two to three weeks, and it is amazing the difference I feel when I haven't been in a while. Now, some people will say you can get addicted to the chiropractor, and maybe that's true, but I think it's better than getting addicted to pain meds personally whenever I get a headache, so I would much rather get addicted to my chiropractor. There are a lot of benefits that people don't know about chiropractic care too, even fertility as one of them. So I highly recommend finding a chiropractor you like and who is trained in prenatal care. Hop around until you find the right one. Don't be hesitant to try out a bunch of them. And like I said, massages are great too, and I'm talking about real therapeutic prenatal massages, okay, not just going to massage envy, but these are to help with muscle pain and tightness. Now, massages are definitely more costly and time-consuming than chiropractic care in my experience, so I just do these occasionally, but they're a nice treat that I think any pregnant mom deserves. Main point, though, is to consider chiropractic care if you haven't before and to know that it is generally safe during pregnancy. Okay, tip number six. We're towards the end here. The Count the Kicks app. Have you heard of it? Has your practitioner told you about counting the kicks? This is becoming a more and more common thing, but there are still some women who don't know about it. Count the Kicks is a potentially life-saving intervention that you practice later on in pregnancy, I believe it's after 28 weeks, to ensure that you are feeling regular fetal movement. When you don't, it's a sign that something could potentially be wrong with the baby. It could also be a sign that the baby's napping, but it's obviously better to be on the safe side. Count the Kicks is actually a non-for-profit organization with lots of amazing save stories, and they have a free app that helps to remind you to count the kicks every day, and it gives tips and tricks along the way. 
I will say my first pregnancy, I rarely remembered to do this. My practitioner told me I needed to be counting the kicks, but I would just think to myself, oh, I felt the baby move at some point today. It's fine. But now I do it every night and it's been really, really helpful, even just mentally to know that everything's all right with the baby. And I'll be honest, I've even gone to the doctor once before because I noticed a change in the baby's movement that I didn't think seemed right. Everything ended up being fine, but my doctor really encouraged me and told me that I totally did the right thing. So make sure you check out the Count the Kicks organization and their app, which is free, because they have lots of amazing resources. All right, tip number seven is to work out. I'm talking cardio, weights, and yoga. This is one that nobody likes to hear, but it's important to keep working out during pregnancy. Now, I will say this is not a time for setting PRs or doing anything crazy, but it's also not a time to be lazy and just tell yourself, I'm pregnant, I don't need to do that. Obviously, you should listen to your body and never push it when you're pregnant. If you're not comfortable doing something, then don't do it. But do keep in mind that your body really does need the strength and endurance that comes with regular exercise during pregnancy and labor and postpartum. Right now, your body is doing a lot of growing, and so having strong muscles can help to ease the physical burden of a growing belly. And like I said, you're also going to need plenty of strength for being in labor and for being a mommy afterwards. So like I said, there are three main things I incorporate, cardio, weights, and yoga. Cardio first, I do long walks every day. Personally, I don't like to run because it's really uncomfortable and I feel like I have to pee the whole time, but you do you. I know plenty of women who are still running marathons being pregnant. Whatever you do, it's important to stay active so that you gain a healthy amount of weight and have strong breath control. So walking, running, riding a stationary bike, doing the elliptical, going swimming, there's plenty you can do with or without a gym to incorporate cardio. And like I said, I try to do this every day. Some weeks it's more like five days a week, but I try to incorporate a lot of cardio. Weightlifting is a second thing I do. I think strength training is super, super important and you would be amazed at all the exercises you can still do while pregnant. Obviously, abs and core work are out, but almost everything else is in. Look up strength training programs for pregnant women because there's so many adaptations, but I think arms, legs, and back are the key areas to focus on. This has been made harder for sure with not being able to go to a gym during this pandemic, but at home lately, we've been doing P90X and I've been able to adapt a lot of the workouts, so I'm not doing too much jumping or core work, but with weights and a band, I'm still able to do quite a bit. There are plenty of professionals out there who can help you find the right strength training program for you and your body, but just consider how you can be improving your muscle strength. And last but not least, yoga. I think this one's probably the most important because it helps with strength training and it also helps with flexibility and breathing, all of which will come in handy during labor. I highly recommend finding a prenatal yoga class, but there's also plenty on YouTube too if you're not able to do that. I do yoga at least once a week. I think everybody else should too, whether or not you're pregnant. It's not only good for your body, but it's good for the soul because you get a little time to rest and just some time for yourself, which who doesn't need that right now? All right, tip number eight, second to last one, is to do Kegels. These are another great type of exercise. Kegels are an exercise that engage the pelvic floor muscles. They are great to do anytime for men and for women, but they can especially help with labor and postpartum recovery, and they can also prevent incontinence issues in the future. Yes, please. Start them out gradually. I like to hold them for three seconds at a time, 10 different times, and then I try to do that three different times a day. How I do it is each week I add another rep. So maybe the first week I do it for three seconds at a time, next week I do it for four, and I just keep working my way up from there. 
If you start it early on in pregnancy, you will be amazed at watching your pelvic muscle strength grow, okay? You will seriously feel it. Now, the best part of doing Kegels is that you can do them anytime. You can do them while you're at work, sitting at your desk, or watching TV at night, or even while you're doing yoga. I do them right after I go to the bathroom because otherwise I just forget, but find whatever works for you. It's hard to say how much Kegels actually do or don't do, but plenty of the research shows that they can shorten labor, and I know for me, I had a really fast recovery postpartum, and luckily, I haven't dealt with any incontinence yet, so I'm hoping that continues. Alright, my last tip, tip number nine, is to pick one book and stick with it. Alright, there's so much information out there about pregnancy, about sleep schedules, about breastfeeding, and just being a mom in general. There's information overload between the blogs and the podcasts and the books. Some of the best advice I got right after my son was born was to just buy one book and stick with it. If you overconsume information and hear about all these different methods, you'll just feel overwhelmed, and I feel like the same is true with pregnancy. So if you're trying to figure out where you should be getting your information and what you should be reading, just pick one book and go with it and don't look back. Personally, I enjoyed What to Expect When You're Expecting. I think it's like the pregnancy Bible. And they also have books for what to expect the first year and what to expect the second year, which I think are really helpful. But whatever you do, don't overwhelm yourself. You will figure it out with or without the books. Okay, so there are my nine tips for you on enjoying or surviving pregnancy. I hope you enjoyed this and found this episode helpful. Again, every body and every pregnancy is different, so what worked for me might not work at all for you, and that's okay. I would actually love to hear if you have questions or if you think I left anything out. Us ladies have to stick together, so I'm all for sharing tips and tricks if you have them. Make sure you check out the show notes for links to connect with me and check out my website if you want to view those in more detail. And don't forget that there will be a new episode airing this Thursday, so make sure you're subscribed to the show so that you don't miss it. Okay, friends, thank you so much for tuning in. Happy March. Leave a review for the show, leave a rating for the show, subscribe to the show, and keep seeking to get enlightened. Peace out.